Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is the show where we share cutting edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. And y'all, I can't tell you how excited I am to have our current guest on with us. We've got Willie Robertson, who I know you know, because I know you watch Duck Dynasty. And if you don't, you should, because it's an absolute blast. But what's great about Willie I ran into him in an event. He and I both spoke at the Commitment Summit, and uh, this was in Costa Rica. And what was interesting about the Commitment Summit is they had some names there. They had Jesse Itzler, Damon John, Kevin Harrington, and you know all these guys are going up and wowing people the way that they wow people. I don't want to disparage anybody, but the the person that everybody was talking about was Willie, and I, I it just blew the whole conference away. I felt like it was the star of the show. So Willie, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Super grateful to you. Yeah, you know, on my it's hey, it's awesome to be here and and talking to you. We sat by each other on the plane coming back, and so the way my schedule looked, and I speak a lot, but this one just said Costa Rica, and I'm like, I'm in. I didn't know what it was. I didn't have a clue what it like. I don't know who was there, and then I realized I'm at this event with like the smartest people in the world about digital marketing. <laughs> I was like way out of my league, and so uh, I tried to just bring some folksy down home humor to the to the joint and i guess you're validating that it that it works so man you ran away with the show and i think that's why willie because you know we're all full of it man like you know everybody's sitting up on stage talking about things that you know maybe we know a little bit about but we're all covered in imposter syndrome and you just showed up with so much authenticity and i think you kind of gave people permission to like ask questions be curious you know like just just start from the ground up which is that's a gift to give an audience and and I think it's a gift also to give entrepreneurs because people are so afraid not to know. You know what I mean? They're afraid not to to walk in being an expert. And that's a dangerous that's a dangerous paradigm to assume in this business. I think it is. And so I think, yeah, I mean, we're all just humans. And so, you know, we all have, you know, things that we worry about and we're all trying to get ahead. And so I definitely learned a lot. I turned 50 this year. And so I've learned you know, from mistakes, I've learned from good stuff. I've learned from having nothing, coming to something. Most of what I've learned just has been around other big companies, you know, through their marketing and through how they do things and lots changed. And so, and I can't wait to to find out more. I'm actually on this podcast. I'm actually, I don't want to be giving information. I'm trying to learn as much as I can because sometimes I feel like a dinosaur. I, all my children now are working. They know all the nuances of, of social media. And so I felt like with me and my generation, I'm right in between. I'm like, you know, I graduated college and there was no, you know, internet. And so, so which I'm glad because I was, I was able to get through that, but then watching all this change and, and even television, like we had a giant television show, but in the last 10 years, that's completely changed with streamers. Right. I mean, it's just a different game now. And so you have to keep learning, you know, you have to stay out there and keep learning. And I realized sitting here that I'm a brand guy, and I realized that I'm promoting the Kauai chickens because I just got back from Hawaii. So I did Costa Rica and then went to Hawaii. So uh, I'm living the big life here. Yeah, sounds like you're living the dream, man. 
For our perpetual traffic listeners, if you're interested in learning, you know, Willie feels like a perpetual student. I hope I am too. Digital Marketer has an insane offer, which is the DM Lab. Inside a DM Lab, they're giving all 12 marketing certifications that they have for $95 a month. Y'all, these used to be $1,000 per certification, which by the way is what I paid. I put every employee I've ever had through the Digital Marketer Certification Training. You can get all 12 certifications by signing up for DM Lab, 95 bucks a month. Go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash lab, and you can't get mad at me for seeding that in because this is a marketing podcast, and all y'all know what it is. So I'm going to be the evil marketer for a fraction of a second, but we're going to come right back to Willie. Willie, here's my ask of you. We always like to give our listeners a nugget. Biggest lesson, biggest failure. What's what's the soundbite? What's, what's the entrepreneurial nugget you'd offer up? Uh, I always go into everything with the mindset of how can I help you? And I, if I'm going in just with how can you help me, I'm already off base. And so, you know, even when we spoke, you know, and I was thinking, God, there's so many things I want to learn from you. And so and you asked me to do the podcast. I was like, oh, I can help you because I know people that do podcasts. I had one for a year. It's miserable. It's you're constantly trying to, it's horrific. It's like every Tuesday it'd be like, oh no, what? I gotta get another guest. I gotta talk to people. And so I know how that is, especially with TV. Like you gotta have a lot of content. And so if I can help you, and then invariably over time, stuff has always come back. And then I get help and I get, you know, no matter what. And sometimes I just help people and I get nothing, you know. But sometimes down the road, it's like three years later, I'm like, ah, oh, I met this guy, you know. So that's the way I approach everything. How can I help you? And, I, and I'll help you in any way I can, if I can. And then I've just learned in business, a lot of times that comes back to you. I love that, man. You know what's funny about that is when you and I first spoke, it was actually on the plane. We're sitting next to each other and we're eating that stale, horrible airline food. And I look over and you've got, I think got the biggest kick out of this. You bring your own like single serving jar. Of, I, what was that? Salsa, like seasoning? I had all, yeah, I had salsa, I had seasoning. Oh, I got a whole little pantry in my backpack. I'm from Louisiana, so I appreciate good food. And the airline is, it needs a little help to get it going. So Yeah. So you're sitting there, you're spicing your food up. And I look over and then you look at me and you're like, hey, man, you want some of this? <laughs> I just thought that was awesome. The foresight you have to have to know, like, yeah, they're not going to have anything that tastes good. Well, you, you got to travel a lot. So if you travel a bunch, you know how it goes. Yeah. It's like, all right, I, I do this a lot. And so I, I can aid and bring things to help me out. And I would like to just get up there and maybe try to cook up there. That would be awesome. Just to figure out how to get up there and actually repurpose some of that food and throw out some really good food. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's a whole TV show there, too. I cook all the meals at my house, so I'm also a cook. Uh, yeah, I fell on that. But if I wasn't married, man, I'd be starving to death right now. So well, if my wife wasn't there. married, she would be starving to death. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, today we're going to talk to Willie about how he built multiple e-commerce brands, including Duck Commander, Buck Commander. You've also got a movie coming out, musical coming out, TV shows. So a media empire, really. And uh, we're going to talk about how you manage all of that as an entrepreneur right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear 
you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. And I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right. We're here with Willie Robertson, Duck Dynasty. And I mean, you're a serial entrepreneur is what it sounds like, Willie. You've got a collection of brands, duckcommander.com, buckcommander.com. You you rattled off a couple others for me before we started recording. What were they? Well, we've got a musical working on that's called His Story. We've got a movie coming out called The Blind. It's it's a buyer production company, and it's a story of my, my mom and dad and how they kind of found their faith and turned their life around. Thank goodness for, for me and so the rest of the kids. So we've got that. Well, we've got... A television show we're working on. We also help produce our brother's show, Duck Family Treasure. They treasure hunt. I don't know. I'm not into treasure hunting, but they love it. And so they've got a new show out. So yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff that that keeps me busy. And and I will say, coming into this podcast, I was super nervous. Now you gotta understand, I've been interviewed by Matt Lauer, Katie Kurt, Barbara Walters. This interview has scared me more than any interview I've ever done because I don't know any of the stuff that you do and i'm mortified you're going to ask me questions about how to do that and i won't know the answers so uh just wanted to say that going in like like i've had a lot of big interviews this one i'm nervous on no man well first of all it sounds like you're you're a super successful entrepreneur that doesn't need to know this stuff right like that's you put yourself in a position where you just get to find the person that knows the answer and second of all i'm going to say that i'm going to lower the bar pretty significantly from a matt lauer or katie kirk okay so don't hold me to that standard either and you and i'll call it even Okay, we'll call it it. So here's a question I have for you, though. You've got all these businesses. From an execution standpoint, how much of the day-to-day do you involve yourself in, and how much are you farming this out to, like, an integrator, a COO, a director of operations? How do you how do you keep the ball rolling with multiple endeavors? I farm out a lot because what I try to do, I try to, I try to look at my business and say, who can generate, who can bring in new stuff, and and – if that's me, those are hard people to find. And so I get people that can do what they do great, like my accountant. Like, who wants to be an accountant? Like, that's the worst job in the world. Like, you know, I mean, if I had to do that, I mean, I would I would lose my mind. And so, but I find somebody that's great at this. I find somebody that's great at that. And then, but I try to generate ideas, create vision, and create the new, what's the next opportunity? What's the bigger things? And so I find that, it, that those things are 
are hard to find. And so, uh, and if I can do that, that's, that's just the land that I'm in. And so I do that, but then literally let everybody else, you know, all these ships will rise, you know, and just put people in the right position to where they can go find their lane. And it's interesting, you know, sometimes you can miss, you can overlook people in your company. For anybody that's watching that watched our show, Doug Dynasty, my uncle Cy, uh, dad hired his brother, my uncle Cy. He's a Navy, he was an Army veteran, and he basically didn't have a job. And so dad hired him. And, and so the first move when I came in the company, I was like, we got we to gotta let go, Uncle Cy. He's just, he's bottom line, we, he's not productive, he's not helpful. And I thought, and dad wouldn't let me get rid of him. He said, ah, I keep him around. Then the show comes around, Duck Dynasty, and Uncle Cy made us all way more money, like, because of how good he was. So I found that, he, like, you may have the diamond right there in your company. You just don't realize because you don't have him in the right spot. And so mm. I learned a great lesson from that. Like, put him in the right spot. And once he got, <laughs> who would have known it was reality TV that that, that guy could excel and he should, there's nobody like him. You know, he just, I mean, you want to, when he get, when he got there, it was just gold. I mean, he just, the way he can do that stuff. And so he had just millions and millions of people just fall in love with him. And so it was a great lesson to learn. That's not, sometimes it's not always by the book. You may have somebody, you just got to get them in the right spot. And so that's what I try to do is put people, you know, move people around. So how about this? How about this? And, and get them going so that I can keep doing what I do. And, and as long as you love what you're doing, you know, and I love doing that and, being creative in that and, and working with family, which is really interesting <laughs> when you work with your parents, your wife, your brothers, your you know nephews, nieces, it can get a little tricky on the landscape with that. Yeah. So how do you navigate those partnerships? Because I imagine everything that you're involved in has some level of partnership and it sounds like it's all familial, right? Is, do you have any outside partners that aren't family? Oh yeah. No, I have, well, for instance, in, in Duck Commander, mostly that's family. When you go to Buck Commander, it's me and a whole different, we've got uh, Luke Bryan, uh, Jason Aldean. So we got some country music singers, uh, Adam LaRoche, a lot of baseball players or former major league baseball players. So it's a completely different partnership, completely different uh, business, but we make it work. And so once you, you know, my father-in-law told me he's a, he's a great business guy, but he was like, number one rule in business, don't ever get a partner. And, but we all get partners, right? And so we always want partners. And so I think if you have a lot of partners, you're used to it, kind of learn along the way and you know, you know how to navigate that, but it can really be helpful. So and it's also just another set of eyes on something that you can, you know, sometimes I got a, just a bad idea, you know, it's like, really, that's a bad idea. And sometimes a partner, especially people with skin in the game can tell you like, look, that's a, yeah. and I realize they can go bad. And I've had bad partners and I've had people that we just had to separate from and say, this ain't going to work. But, you know, over time, family's a little different because, you know, your highs are high and they're high together, but your lows are low. And so that can be a little difficult. You got to know when to come home and say, all right, turn it off. We're not, we're not talking about business. But but even my wife's family were like that. And even our family, we're at the dinner table. We would be talking about business meetings. And so we'd be talking about something in business. And so we just were able to integrate that without it being just, you know, super sticky. And, and I think generally, I think even my, even Corey told me recently, she was like, Willie, you've got to talk more about business. Cause I kind of just tongue and cheek it and kind of, she was like, people actually want to know how you do these things. But I guess so often, you know, one of my rules of thumb is just never take yourself too seriously. And I just try not to, I'm like, I'm not, you know, I've made more mistakes and, and some of these things have just fell in line. You know, it's like, wow, you know, looking back, I can say that's crazy, you know, how we did all this, but uh, some of the ways we did that and how we got there is insane because it didn't seem like it made sense. Yeah, it's funny how when you look back at all, it feels like it's a cohesive story. But while you're in the middle of it, it feels like chaos. <laughs> it's chaos. 
Right. That's really so. I, I love the I love the approach that you have leading with humility. I think that that really resonates with a lot of folks. How do you strike that balance though? Because you know sometimes you want to walk in and be the humble learner, and sometimes you have to walk in and be, you know, hey, we're going to tell the line and we're going to do this now. And and I think calibrating there can be difficult. Have you found any? You know, I don't know, like like catalytic measures, times where you figure out like, okay, no, this is where I have to crack the whip, so to speak. Yeah, I think it's a balance. I think you can always lean on humility. I mean, if you if you stay in that lane more, you probably have better relationships at least because when we get too puffed up, but there are times. So I, I would view that as, I don't know what a percentage would be, you know, maybe. I guess if you've got a, well, if, you, if you've if done the, the homework right and put in the time in early, maybe it's 90-10. You know, it's 90, 90% of the time you're, you know, you're humble, you're learning, and then every once in a while you got to kind of lay it down. But if things are bad and if you haven't done your job right, sometimes things get out of control at the office and it's like, and it's like whoa, things have gotten so out of control. Then that may go to 60-40 and then you're now you're at a, you know, you're at a difficult time because you're having to fight battles that you probably should or maybe somebody's there that you probably knew a year ago, like, I don't think they're the best, but you keep hanging on. But yeah, I just try to stay in that that humble lane as, as often as possible because, you know, invariably you're going to be wrong. And, you know, and if you set yourself up too big, I mean, people love watching you fall. So you've got to stay humble. And because these, these things are tricky, you know, like even TV, like the thing was with TV, like we did the first season and it was a, a giant success, but you don't know if you're going to be back the next season. I mean, you'll hear that from like actors and stuff where they're like, I just hope I'm working, you know, cause, and it can just be gone. You know, it's like, you're hot. Like musicians are like that. Like they got this giant song and then, boom, it's gone. And they were the one hit wonders, you know, and you probably, everybody probably has aspirations, but you never know. And then we got a second season and it's like, you know, I know this, I didn't build my house till about season five when I knew like, okay, I, <laughs> I think it's gonna, I think it's here, you know, I think it's here for, for a second. Yeah. Y'all went 11 seasons, right? 11 seasons, yeah, 130 episodes, which was huge. It was a big, lot of sausage making. It was like, five years, I think, of, of filming that we did. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot. I mean, you work a lot to get. It's amazing how many hours you put in for 22 and a half minute show. You know, and you're filming mm. hundreds of hours from all the camera angles and all that. So it was a lot. You know, our show is kind of it was reality. But it, this particular show was kind of shot like a sitcom. And so you know, I would walk in the office. And so that's how sitcoms generally do. And so it was a, it was a unique kind of a hybrid show that was kind of unique for its time. And yeah, and it ended up being the, at the end of the day, it was, it's the most, still is the most watched non-scripted show in the history of cable. No way. I didn't know that. that. And probably won't be broken. You know, now the way TV goes and the streamers, everything's so split up. I don't know that you'll ever be able to get numbers like that, like you could, you know, cause now it's just, it's so everything's everywhere. Cause you know, everybody didn't sit down at one time and we were kind of the last point, you know, where everybody sits down and watches something. Cause now everybody just watch it on their own or watch the whole season. And so you don't have these back in the eighties, you could really get numbers because literally everybody was sitting by the TV, you know? And so you could get giant, you know, you get 50 million people watching at one time, which is insane. You know, do you think the way that on demand works and streaming works is going to change the way that stories are told like if you had to do duck dynasty again with this new sort of structure do you think that would change the way that y'all approached it uh probably would or probably you'd probably be battling with the production company on how it would be shown we're i'm actually 
looking at a new show right now and, and it'll change. It'll be different. Although, you know, if that worked then it could, it could probably work now, but it certainly would be viewed differently on how you, you know, how people would consume it. But even back then it was like 2012 and you, it was, I remember them going, Oh, and then people are DVR and they're watching the next day. So you, so they were trying to figure out, you know, how many people we got, how many people was actually watching. And uh, we had pretty good numbers. You had a pretty good idea. But I could always just go. I could go around the country or even the world, actually, and you could get a sense of how big it was, you know, just from how many people, you know, came up to you. And I remember the first when the show came out, 2012, the first thing I did, I went to the Augusta National to the Masters Golf Tournament, which is actually the perfect place if you're famous because they don't let you bring cell phones in. So there's no selfies. Nobody can be yelling. And I just remember so many people coming out, like whispering, like, we love your show. Oh, we watch your show. And I came home and I told my brothers, I was like, oh, my gosh, I think a lot of people are watching this show. Like, I had tons of people. And then I remember going to the grocery store and I took three pictures with people at my local grocery store. And I pulled back up to the office <laughs> and my brother Jay's and Uncle Si was standing out in front of the office, which is which they can never do now. And I got in the car. I said, boys, our lives are going to never be the same. <laughs> like the moment when I was like, this is crazy. And that yeah. ended up, and we were so recognizable. It was so hard to go anywhere. I would typically have a hoodie on. I looked like the Unabomber, and I had like glasses and like, and even then I was at LAX. And I mean, I the beard would always be covered. And I had this guy come in and goes, hey, mate you making any duck calls? And I'm like, how did you recognize me? And I had my sleeves pulled up and he saw the duck tattoo. <laughs> That's brilliant. It was, it was insane. But yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was just, obviously now I've, I've cut my hair, so I don't, but it actually has been helpful for me to, to go out and get around. However, the question is, do you, from a marketing perspective, you've got this look and you're like, oh, no, do I change the look? Because, I mean, I do show up now and people are like, oh, you don't look the same because they want that to be. But I didn't want to be like this old rock star who's like still working, the, you know, where I'm like old as crap. And then I have the same look. And so uh, if I can pull it off again, it's another challenge. I'm like, well, now let's see if we can do it with a whole different look, you know, which would be interesting and a lot more comfortable. Yeah, evolve the brand a little bit. I think that makes a lot of sense. Do you get fatigued by the attention? Does it wear you down? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, I definitely see how, how celebrities, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, you, get, you end up, cause you're always just in your room, you know, you can't go anywhere and you can't, you know, and I, I'm not the guy who's like, oh, poor guy. I mean, yeah, you're getting a lot of good, but it, it changes, you know, socially it changes how people react to you and how they talk to you. And it's just, it, it, it I can definitely see where there's a loneliness where you just kind of, you're always in a room and you, you know, and then every once in a while you'd be like, Hey, let's go down and do this. And then you go down, it's a disaster. You know, and you're getting, you know, just bombarded by people the whole time. And so it's a good problem. I mean, I'm like, our show was like, when people watched our show, they were like, I know this guy. And if you think about it, like it's filmed in my living room, you know, who my wife is my kids, my grandparents, my parents, you know, so you know so much about this person so they really felt like they knew you which was great until they come up and grab you and kiss you on your face you know and then you're like we don't know each other that well you know wait so, hold on. did that really happen is that your story oh my gosh it still happens really hey guys it's costume here and I'm so sorry to be the doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a bit of a wake-up call for you. We've been talking a lot about how the iOS thing has advertisers flying blind, sprinkling in the rising cost of ads and supply chain issues. I think we have a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. And the bad news is, a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. The good news 
is that the ones who adapt are going to come out even stronger. That's why it's important to focus on the things that you can control. Tighten up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, and do more testing. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. Man, yeah, they do because they you just you feel like that's like your cousin or something. You know, they're like, we know, you know, we just know. so with you know, you got massive visibility, a ton of people that want to work with you, which means opportunities coming nonstop. I imagine. How do you choose? You know, when is it a shiny object, and when is it something that you pursue? Or is there a rules engine? You might say like, hey man, it's just you know, it's my gut. It's good. Yeah, I play the gut. I just play like, hey, this. You know, and at a certain point, you don't have to take things. And so that's, you know, the more successful you are, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do and, and where you want to be. And and I think you mentioned, you know, the authenticity that you saw there. And you always got to keep that. I think our, I think we definitely that was our main strength. You know, it's like these guys are authentic. Uh, they say what they say. They do what they do. And so if I can stick in that and do things I don't want to do, then those are the ones I choose. And some, you know, but I've gotten in so many things. I'm like, what am I doing? This, like, this is not me or this is not, you know, maybe it was some money or maybe it was, you know. Um, but, yeah, you just try to pick the things that you want to do and that are successful and, and where you want to be. And, and hopefully not chasing money just everywhere, you know. And so because, again, it comes back to authenticity. What do you want to do? Who are you? So I'm into enriching things into my children and my family so if I can help the bigger purpose, if I can help, you know, my kids do this and figure out this break. And so if I can do that with them and help get them together. And that's why if we do television again, it'll be fun watching my kids be kind of where I was in that boat, you know, but I came into it later. So you got, it's crazy to think that Doug Nicey started when I was 40. So I always tell people like, you know, cause I mean, I remember thinking like at 30, like, I think I've wasted my whole life. I don't think I've done it. <laughs> like, I think it's over. And then just, it's mind blowing. Like when we started Doug Nicey, my parents were way older than I am right now. And then have this literally whole nother life, you know, and books and podcasts and, you know, all these things that were coming. So I always hate them. I feel like people throw in the towel and be like, well, I guess I missed my opportunity to, you know, and it's like, no, man, you can get in there and learn and, you know, who knows what's what's to come and what you could do, you know, no, no matter how old you are. No, I love that message. I think that's a writer downer for everybody listening. The opportunity doesn't stop. You stop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, but part of the problem is I think people now with technology, I feel like, you know, people certainly my age and older are like, well, I just don't know all this new technology. So they don't get in the game. Cause they're like, you know, it's like the world has passed them by and they don't know how to do this, but I, but, but you can, you know, you can still learn and you can, or, you know, I mean, my kids laugh at me because I'm, you know, I'm illiterate with this. I was telling you, I had the computer. So I'm on my wife's computer. I have an iPad. So on the iPad, I touch the screen. So I'm sitting here for six minutes. I'm touching the screen. I, I'm like, this whole thing's froze up. I didn't realize there was a, a, a mouse pad. To like. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to go get her and be like, you got to help me out. I can't figure out how to make this thing work. That's so funny, man. I think that just adds to something of, you know, like the success narrative, not letting something like that hold you back and just deciding we're going to do this anyway. And then we'll, we'll find the people that know how to make it work. Yeah. And you find where it is that you, you know, things like my kids laugh at me like that with technology. But then again, they don't laugh when I cook a six course meal and they come over to eat. They like that. And so, but I'd rather spend more time 
digging into a cookbook and learning that, you know, because that's something that I like to do. And so when it comes to technology and computers, I don't necessarily. Now, I'm way more advanced than like my father. He doesn't own a cell phone. He doesn't own a computer. And in some some ways, I'm like, God, I wish I was that guy because he, he just is clueless, you know, and he doesn't care. He doesn't want to know. And if you want to talk to him, you got to go find him. And it's usually in the woods. And so you know, <laughs> that's, that's the way he rolls. That's what he does. And so I think I think a lot of us would be like, God, I wish I could be like that. Where You know, you could just like, hey, y'all come find me if you want to talk to me. That's so funny. Yeah. And if he doesn't want to be found, I bet he can't be found either. It's it's difficult. It's taken me like an hour to find him before, like somewhere in the woods. But it's amazing. Like he can. But I was like, I don't know how my dad does this. Like he can say stuff somewhere down there in the woods. And it's like on the front cover of the USA Today. I'm like, how does it how does he do that? <laughs> like, like he gets these messages out. I'm like, how is he pulling this off? He doesn't even have a computer. But it's like I'll read something he says. I'm like, oh, my gosh, when did my dad say this? You know? I love that, man. Well, Willie, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on the show. This has been a blessing and uh, appreciate your authenticity and the way you've shown up. And I can't wait to just follow you and see everything else you do. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad we sat beside each other on that plane. So, which I got moved to that seat. I was on the front row and then I got moved right beside you. So yeah, man, awesome knowing you and appreciate what you guys do. And so, and it's an honor to be on your, be on the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate you coming on. For those of you listening, make sure to go check out Duck Commander, Buck Commander, Watch Duck Dynasty. Willie's going to be pretty easy to find online, so give him a Google because I think he's worthy of your attention. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 